You're listening to the Miscarriage Doula Podcast. I'm your host, Arden Cartret. This space is meant to be a tool for you to feel less alone and to learn more about how to get through what you've been through and what you're probably going through. We'll hear diverse stories from women and men in the online space, experts, and people just like you and me who are feeling the effects of miscarriage and loss in real time. This is the Miscarriage Doula Podcast. Hey everyone, you're listening to episode number 24 of the Miscarriage Doula Podcast. This is my conversation with Tracy. Tracy is an incredible speaker. I think you guys will hear that. I really enjoyed hearing her story. I connected with her over Instagram and I'm I'm so glad that we had the chance to talk. She recently had a book come out called My Miscarriage and I bought it right after this conversation. I'm just starting to read it, but I'm going to put it up on the Miscarriage Doula blog whenever I'm done um, and add it to my book list because we need more books about miscarriage. You know, I hear from clients whenever I meet one-on-one with them. They're asking for book recommendations for their specific needs. And luckily for you guys, I've read so many miscarriage books and so many fertility books that I can kind of pinpoint which ones are good for your type of trauma or journey. And so um, I'm excited to add this one to the list. And maybe I'll do an episode where I talk about these books. That way I can recommend them to everybody. But um, yeah, this episode is, is really great. And so I'm really excited to dive on in and let you listen to it. Before I do that, I do want to say a big thank you for all of the reviews on Apple Podcasts, the emails that you send me after you listen to an episode that really resonates with you. I'm so appreciative of your words. And I'm so appreciative of how much this helps you. And I'm just appreciative for your listening. Um, That's all. If you haven't left a review yet and you would love to, if you're an iPhone user, you can go to Apple Podcasts, click on my show. You scroll a little bit and you'll see like rating and I'll have five stars. And if you could leave me five stars, that'd be so helpful. It helps others find the show when they're in need of miscarriage support. It will be like in the recommended for you for different people and things like that. It's just, it really helps the um, quote unquote algorithm, which I know we all kind of hate that word. If you leave a five-star review and you want to leave a comment, you can leave a comment saying hello, where you're listening from, what types of topics you would like to see covered, um, or just give some general feedback. You can also always email me at themiscarriagedoula at gmail.com. And if you'd like to share your story and you're feeling nervous about it, you just want to um, chat back and forth first via email, please email me. I know um, I know it's scary. I know it's so scary to go on a podcast. So I am here to support you however I can. Okay, here is my conversation with Tracy. All right, Tracy, thank you so much for joining us today. I'd love if you would just kind of give us a overview of your story. Yeah, thanks Arden. I really appreciate uh, you having me here and I just really want to say I'm really excited about what you're doing with the podcast and um, yeah, just think it's going to help a lot of listeners. But um, my story actually started um, back in 2014. So I, I am a little removed from Uh, the experiences that I had. And just to give the listeners kind of an overview of of what I experienced, um, 
I went through back-to-back uh, -back miscarriages, one in October of 2014, one in March of 2015, and then it, it started to get um, a little more complicated. I, I found out uh, in April 2015 that I have balanced Robertsonian translocation of my 13-14 chromosome, and I'll talk a little bit more about that in a minute. Uh, I also found that I have a blood clotting disorder uh, called factor V Leiden, and I was also diagnosed with bladder cancer. So um, that's really the high overview of my story. Uh, it was a really, really rough year for me. And I think sometimes, you know, when women are experiencing their miscarriages, it's so hard to see a light at the end of the tunnel because it just seems like it's just more bad news on top of more bad news, more devastation on top of more devastation. And you just kind of ask yourself, like, when is this ever going to end? Like, when am I ever going to kind of, you know, get out of this? And um, that's how I felt, uh, especially after that um, cancer diagnosis, because the crazy thing was, I wasn't so scared of the cancer necessarily. I was just scared that it, it would mean that I could never be a mom. And so um, I, I really struggled during that time. You know, I uh, talked with my husband <clears throat> about, you know, different options um, and we weighed those. And actually in the summer of 2015, <clears throat> excuse me, after, um, you know, the back-to-back -back miscarriages and learning about my genetic disorder and blood clotting disorder and all these other things. Obviously, we had to focus on me getting better. So um, I had um, a procedure to remove the tumor and I thankfully had isolated chemotherapy treatment. So I did not lose my hair and it was actually very successful and they caught the cancer early and it was removed and it was a very successful procedure. And so a few months after that, um, my husband and I were ready to focus on, you know, okay, uh, now that this is this is occurred, this is our situation, you know, how can we, you know, best set ourselves up to, you know, um, have a baby? Uh, and I was terrified because I had all this new knowledge about what was wrong with me. Um, I also was afraid that my body maybe wouldn't be strong enough after cancer to to handle, you know, carrying a baby. So we started doing some research and my genetics counselor uh, at Walter Reed, actually, when we were living in Washington, D.C., she mentioned that, you know, IVF isn't just for women who can't get pregnant. It's also for women who can't stay pregnant. And I did right. not know this. Yeah, I, d I just did not know that. It was like a light bulb went off in my head. And she recommended a pre-implantation uh, genetic screening uh, for me and my husband. And so basically what that is, for listeners who might not know that, that specific form of IVF, it's when um, you go through all the, the, the traditional you know, IVF um, and they retrieve the eggs and you have that long calendar and you have all these shots and, and all these things they tell you to do. But once they retrieve the eggs and um, basically um, you, they create an embryo, they can see if there are genetic disorders with those specific uh, embryos. And what they can do is they can identify those that are high risk for, um, you know, miscarrying because that's that's the reason I continue to miscarry is because um, uh, 
doctors thought that my balance translocation was the cause of, of my miscarriages. You know, my my chromosomes were not attaching properly to my husband's chromosomes because um, my 1314 is already connected in a in a weird way, like a way that it's not really supposed to be. So my body was having a really hard time, you know, forming a baby. And so, you know, when my body couldn't do it, it, it would get rid of the pregnancy. So um, this uh, pre-implantation genetic testing would basically be able to identify those eggs that did come together the right way and they did form the way they're supposed to and then they could implant those back in. So my husband and I were very serious about um, doing this and we went to um, an IVF class and we learned more about, you know, um, just the different options available to us. And so we were actually due to start IVF um, at the end of July. And um, I'll never forget um, about two days before we were to invest $10,000, which I know it sounds like a lot of money, but it was actually a really great price compared to a lot of IVF um, fertility treatments because um, there was some, you know, a military um, connections there. The military does not cover IVF, but there are some um, nonprofits that do help with payments. And so there are certain costs with IVF that are less expensive for uh, military. And so we were about to, you know, um, put down $10,000. We were just a couple days away from starting the IVF treatments. We had already had our slot in the program and I found out I was pregnant. Oh, wow. For, for a third time. Yeah. And <laughs> I just, you know, at the time I was like, I, for any woman who suffered a pregnancy loss, they're like excited, but the same si- same time, they're just so terrified because um, they have to almost guard their heart, but also open their heart at the same time, because it's just so scary to just not know what's going to happen. And so long story short, uh, my third pregnancy uh, ended up being my daughter, and she just turned five uh, last week, and um, it was just wonderful. I still, I, I will never forget uh, the first time I, you know, I heard her heartbeat because um, I had never heard a heartbeat before, and I just felt like after I heard the heartbeat, I just knew everything was going to be okay. And uh, she does not have my genetic disorder. She does not have um, any of the disorders that I have. So I'm so thankful that those were not passed down to her uh, because that obviously is um, a risk um, that my husband and I were aware of. Um, and yeah, that's my, that's my story in a nutshell. Um, but, <laughs> but yeah, I would love to, you know, just, you know, give you some time Arden to see if you have specific questions that I can answer that maybe your audience might be interested in hearing more about. Yeah, I think that your story with having a balanced translocation, it's so unique where, you know, with your third pregnancy, I imagine that not only did you feel the fear of being pregnant after loss, but you felt the fear of the unknown in like a further aspect of not knowing what was going to happen because of your diagnosis. And so I wonder if you have any insight on, I don't know, battling those early weeks for anybody who does have a a balanced translocation and thinks that IVF is the only way that they'll ever make a healthy baby. 
Yeah, that is such a great question um, or j just just thought in general, because that was my greatest fear. Like my greatest fear when I looked in the mirror was, is my body able to do this without help? Like, can I can I do this? And I think that's just that just weighs heavy on a woman's heart when she feels like she can't rely on her body or trust that her body can do what it's supposed to naturally do. And so I would really like to encourage anyone who has um, a balanced translocation to know that you can have a healthy baby without assistance. And, and I, I'm proof of that. I, I, I have two healthy children that were conceived without IVF and they're, they're beautiful and they're the best things that have ever happened to me. But I also know, and I also am very um, sympathetic to the women who weren't as lucky as me. You know, there are, um, there are women who have what I have and they've had three, four, five, even six miscarriages. So like, I understand that uh, there is another side of the story too. Like there's a very difficult road for a lot of women who have what I have. So I don't want to um, discourage women from doing IVF if they just, you know, they're just tired of it. Like they, they, they just need the, the assistance. They need the support. They've had too many miscarriages. It's just too emotionally straining and they want to try something new. Like, I think that is a valid, valid option, especially if you have the financial means to go through that. Um, you know, but for women who maybe are terrified of IVF or they don't like the feeling of knowing that, you know, there's, you know, shots and things involved like that, or there's, you know, just a lot of the science part of it. If, if, if there are women that are scared of that, you know, I want, want to also encourage them too, that it is possible to conceive a baby without it. So um, yeah, I think each woman knows their body. I think they know in their heart, you know, what the path forward, the best path forward for them is. Um, and I and I hope that through this podcast interview that they know that there are options. It's not right. just, you know, I have to do IVF or I'll never have a baby or I can't do IVF and I have to do it naturally. You know, there's there's choices. And I think there's a lot of really great resources out there for women. Right. And I think, you know, it, it's a great point of you also know your limits and, you know, um, kind of your boundary with infertility and loss. And you actually said something and now that sparked, sorry, I'm going back, but you said, you know, you thought that IVF was only for couples who were quote unquote infertile. And this is a conversation I've had so many times over the last couple of weeks where women who have miscarriages, they might get pregnant easily, but you know, they seem to not be able to stay pregnant as easily. They don't know where they fit in because they feel very infertile and they don't know if it's kind of like they feel like if they take an IVF cycle, they're taking it from an infertile woman and that's just not how it works. And so that was an interesting thing that you said, because so many women feel almost out of place whenever they have miscarriages, um, but get pregnant easily because it's, it's a, an in-between place to be and it's really confusing. Yeah, that's, that's a great point. And I will say, you know, now that I, I am years removed from this experience, it took me personally years to even identify myself as someone who struggled with infertility. 
I used to never say that because I thought I didn't have the right to say that because I could get pregnant. And I actually could get pregnant pretty easy once my husband and I started tracking my ovulation. Um, And, you know, when I realized that infertility isn't the inability to get pregnant, the the infertility is the inability to conceive a baby. Uh, it's, It's anyone who goes more than a year, you know, trying, you know, to have a child and they, and they don't have one. And so when I realized that I was like, you know, um, yeah, I'm, I'm not taking away, um, from the infertility community saying that I struggled with infertility because I did. And, you know, it, it took eight months, uh, for my husband and I to get pregnant the first time. And then, you know, we had two miscarriages back to back. And then, you know, I didn't have my daughter until 2016. So I, I struggled for over about two and a half years with really wanting to start a family and, and I couldn't, and it is a really difficult place, um, to be able to get pregnant, but not um, deliver the baby right full term. That That is really a challenging spot for a lot of women um, because it's hard to talk about it. Like, mm-hmm. um, I think it, it, it's, it's, it's a little bit um, different to say, well, I'm infertile and, and I can't, you know, I can't get pregnant. And then it's a very complex conversation when you say, well... <laughs> I can get pregnant, but then there's like all this other stuff that's going on. Um, Yeah. So that, that is definitely a challenging conversation. Well, and I always like to think about it as infertility is kind of like the umbrella and recurrent pregnancy loss is a diagnosis under infertility. It's a reason for infertility. And I think if we look at it like that, it might I don't know, ease some women's mind, because I'm sure that people are listening to this where they've had multiple miscarriages and they don't know where they fit in or, you know, an infertile couple, quote unquote, that can't get pregnant. They don't understand the fear of having sex and it resulting in a pregnancy and that pregnancy ending. Um, There's so many different spectrums. And I, I have a friend who easily gets pregnant and she's terrified of having sex with her husband at the cost of accidentally getting pregnant because she miscarries so often. And I can't even imagine like that form of it. So there's so many different types of infertility, I guess is my point in saying that. And I wish that we could kind of validate that a little bit more. Yeah, there. it's so, every single woman's story is just so unique. You know, I, and I just think about some of my closest friends who were, you know, going through struggles at the same time as me. Um, you know, I had a friend, one of my dear friends, uh, miscarried before I did. Um, I had another friend who experienced a stillbirth just six weeks before she was due to, to have her baby, RJ. And um, I, I had another friend who uh, went through four failed IVF attempts before she ended up having her twins. And I had another friend who um, could not get, get pregnant at all. It did IUIs, IVFs, and everything. And after she did conceive an IVF baby, she ended up conceiving naturally uh, a year later, just blown away that she could even, you know, possibly do that. It's just everyone's story is so unique, but it's, it's also very uniquely painful. Um, you know, and I think we kind of harbor that pain sometimes because we're not sure other people will understand exactly what we're going through. And, and we don't, you know, I, I know for me personally, I didn't want to look weak and I didn't want to 
people to think I was searching for sympathy, um, but it was a really hard time. And when I did have those friends that I could connect with and just tell them like, this is a really hard day. Like seeing pregnant women right now, like really hurts my heart. Like it's nice to be able to say that to someone who just looks at you and like nods their head and they don't have to say anything. They just, they just know. And I think that's what's so great about, you know, these infertility communities and like podcasts like this. Um, I think it, it opens that community, like, you know, more and more people can have access to that community and, and feel like it's a safe place to listen to things or talk to people. Yeah. Um, so with your pregnancy, so with both of your pregnancies, which is incredible that you, you know, have two earth side children, how did your factor five, cause we've talked a lot about the balanced translocation, but the factor five, can you explain that and how that plays a role in miscarriage and fertility? Yeah, that's a really good question. So <clears throat> I actually um, realized that my friend had factor five Leiden before I did. Um, my friend was struggling with uh, infertility and she was telling me about this blood clotting disorder that she had. And, you know, I didn't really understand it, but uh, she realized she had factor five Leiden because her sister ended up getting a blood clot in her leg after conceiving her first child. And then once doctors realized through the blood clot that there might be something there, they tested her, they realized she had the blood clotting disorder. And because it's um, something that you either inherit from one parent or both parents, uh, they tested my friend and she realized she had the blood clotting disorder too. And uh, women who have this blood clotting disorder are really not supposed to be on birth control um, or they're supposed to have like the, the littlest amount of hormones possible. And so my friend, you know, changed her, her birth control regimen and all these things. Um, and uh, she started getting um, shots you know, to pre prevent herself from, from getting pregnant. And what she didn't realize was that, um, you know, it would take a really long time uh, for her to get pregnant after getting off those shots. And anyway, we had that conversation. And then like a few weeks later, you know, I was told that I had factor five Leiden and I was like, oh my goodness, I have like the same thing that my best friend has. And I called her and we talked about it. And, um, you know, once I had a chance to talk with my genetics counselor, um, basically what she told me was that um, you just, doctors really have to watch your pregnancy and, and they just right. kind of keep a, a close eye on you. And I was um, considered a high risk pregnancy, but I think it's for a lot of reasons. You know, I think it was because of both of my miscarriages, the genetic disorder and the blood clotting disorder. I think that, you know, that whole mixture, they're like, yeah, we're just going to label you high risk. Um, yeah. And yeah. And so what most women get who have factor five Leiden is they get blood thinner shots um, uh, while uh, they are pregnant. But because I was high risk, they really didn't want to do that with me. And so I ended up taking um, blood thinner shots for about two months after I gave birth to my kids. So um, after, after my daughter, um, you know, I was I brought home the whole, the whole box of shots and, and, you know, every morning, just one shot in the stomach a day is what I had to do. And it was more for my protection, just to make sure that I didn't get any uh, blood clots or anything like that. And I know it, it's different when you have um, 
factor five light in from both of your parents. Um, I only have it from one. So I, I would say it's less severe. It's more common and less severe. And it's, it's um, also something that's more common with people with ca uh, Caucasian ancestry. Um, and that's really what I know about the, the blood clotting. And, and I will say I'm, I, I really haven't had to do anything uh, sin since then with it. I think it's something that people have to, you know, doctors have to be aware of if I ever go into surgery or anything like that. But it, as far as things I had to do, like I would count that as a blessing. Like I was happy to give myself, you know, shots in the stomach every morning um, just because I was just so happy to have a baby. Um, and I'm sure a lot of women are on the call are like, yeah, I would, I would gladly take shots, you know, if, if that just, you know, helped my risk, uh, decrease my risk. But yeah, yeah, that's that's what I know about factor five. Yeah, well, and you mentioned, you know, the reasons you're high risk and you forgot to add in the cancer. <laughs> that's definitely a reason too. Oh my gosh, yes, yes, <laughs> that that was a big reason too. I mean, yes. <laughs> um, Tracy, so you have a book that you've written. I'd love if you shared a little bit about your book and when it's going to be available and how people can find it. Yeah, you know, crazy timing with this podcast. I didn't realize it would it would land this way, but my book comes out tomorrow. <laughs> um, oh, so, tomorrow yeah. is March 23rd because this is going to come out in April, I think. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah, that's right. We're so March 23rd, it's, it's available. <laughs> okay, so if you're listening to this, it's available right now. <laughs> um, yeah, so my, my book is um, just a autobiographical novel. And I read it, I wrote it in first person. And it's just my journey through um, infertility. It, it, it's, it's what happened to me after my miscarriages. It's my struggle with my relationship with my alcoholic father. It's, you know, just trying to figure out why the universe hated me so much and, and it had all these things happen to me. Um, but it was also, um, you know, my experience with, um, you know, learning and growing through the furnace of affliction and understanding that, you know, um, sometimes, you know, we go through things that are so difficult and we just don't understand the purpose or the reason until we've gone through it completely. And that's my story. You know, I, I just share open and honestly, and, and probably it's, it's very raw <laughs> for women who haven't gone through a miscarriage. I'm, you know, I add some details in there that, that most people might not be able to relate to. I would say, any woman who's gone through a miscarriage will just nod her head through those 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 um, sections. But um, yeah, it's just my story. And there are seven other amazing women who are dear friends of mine going through similar struggles at the same time I was. So their stories are interwoven with mine. And um, yeah, I, it's a book that does not have sugar-coated words. It's not a book about happy endings. It's the book about finding peace and um, hope even in the midst of these really difficult struggles like infertility and stillbirth and, and miscarriages and all those things. Yeah. And the outside factors, you know, that family mm -hmm. does play in that. I think that that's something a lot of people relate to myself included. I'm looking forward to reading it. Well, Arden, thank you. I really appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, of course. Well, Tracy, thank you so much for joining me today and for 